Guys, Crypto with Dinny, and it's Dinny here, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Today, I've got a real OG with me, uh, Danny Brewster from FastBitcoins.com. Danny, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Dinny. Awesome. So now, sorry, it's just uh, Dinny and Danny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would, <laughs> so is your real name Daniel? No. What, what's your real name? Danny? Danny, yeah. No way, right, because my real name, believe it or not, is Daniel, and most Daniels become a Danny. So a lot of people call me Danny and uh, the nickname for Dini is Dennis. So some people call me Dennis thinking that's my real name. <laughs> so don't ask if we're nothing easy in Ireland, like totally complicated, but um, deadly. So tell us a little bit about your history. And I know you could talk about this for hours, man. So give us the br- give us the brief overview of your history of how you came into crypto and, and what you've done in the space or in Bitcoin. Um, so I like to make a, a very big difference between Bitcoin and crypto. Um, I'm, I'm not so much interested with what is labeled as crypto. Um, I discovered Bitcoin late 2011, early 2012. Um, I lived in Cyprus from uh, during the, the bail-ins, um, started a business there, it exploded, great ball of fire, um, huge mess. Uh, managed to, to resolve everything. Um, then basically built uh, from the lessons that was learned there, uh, started writing code um, to, to establish what would eventually become fast bitcoins and um, literally grown organically, uh, got a, a couple of co-founders on board um, around 2017 time. Um, we launched at the end of uh, uh, 2018, uh, yeah, 2018, we we officially launched was the, the first uh, cash to lightning exchange in the world. Um, the first uh, platform that enabled you to go from fiat directly onto the lightning network. And uh, we've been growing ever since, relocated to the Isle of Man um, in uh, April last year. And now just growing out with about 20, 22 people uh, in size now. We are operational in Australia. Canada, we registered with FinCEN in the US, Brazil, we launched last year, um, across the, the European Union, uh, the UK. Um, and now we, uh, we've pivoted away from doing cash transactions and we do uh, like a, a multitude of different payment mechanisms. We just wanna uh, help create like a, a billion Bitcoiners around the world. And then we can start offering additional uh, financial services. Um, and the, the team is made up of uh, people that have been around a while that that get Bitcoin, but we've also got a, a real nice blend of people that are brand new to Bitcoin. So they recognize uh, and appreciate the journey of what our target audience um, is actually going through, learning about Bitcoin. Um, we're saying Bitcoin only, lightning first uh, and focused. So we're uh, yeah making strides forward. It's been quite a journey. And one year in Bitcoin is like dog years. Um, so <laughs> to, to say the least, uh, I, I did look about 2022 20, when, uh, when I found Bitcoin, I think 22, 23. Um, now I feel like I'm about 50 at times. <laughs> It'll do that to you. Okay. Tell us a little bit then for our listeners. So, so why Bitcoin? Why Bitcoin is different than crypto and, and how, what's your worldview of it? Um, So Bitcoin is our only chance at separating money and state. Um, It's 
Uh, I'm not his greatest fan, but he, he probably plagiarised it from somewhere. But the, the whole uh, immaculate conception that uh, Dan Held spoke about, pretty sure he would have plagiarised it from somewhere, but that's what he does. Um, and everything else that there is, it's all done pretty much with number go up in mind. Um, and to be honest with you, a lot of people get into Bitcoin for the number go up. Um, but Bitcoin will humble you and change you um, like fundamentally. Yeah, we, whereas, we, we come whereas, for, for the fast money, I think we come for. We all do. It's what attracted us in in the first place. And then we, we literally get orange pill, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, I it, it, it wasn't ever that. It was for me, it was the, the ability to, to be able to transfer value uh, instantly across the planet uh, without a third party getting in the way. Um, and then having witnessed the, the bail-ins of the banks in Cyprus, where they literally haircut everybody's, or everybody, or they talked about initially everybody with over a thousand euros, there was going to haircut like 8% of everybody's deposits. Um, but then they settled on 50% of everything over hundred K uh, in your, in people's bank accounts, um, which sounds like oh, it's tax on the rich. But when you've got a company that's got a large payroll and you're due to pay everybody's wages the next day, um, and you had 200,000 in your account, suddenly you had 150,000. Uh, and then how do, how do you make payroll? Um, or if you just sold a property when the bank uh, bail-ins happened and yeah, you literally lost a chunk of your, your cash that you was going to use to buy your new house uh, and things like that. It was insane. Um, so um, I don't know how family friendly um, your podcast is but it is literally fuck you money um yeah, yeah. if you use bitcoin right it's decentralized enough that you can literally up and move to a more friendly jurisdiction um everything else literally everything even ethereum that sits at number two um we've seen it with the the dow hard fork and their their changes to the monetary policy uh, and just how easy and centralized it is to change um and like everything running through Infura, um, AWS can turn that off uh, and everybody's screwed. Um, so it's, yeah, th there's a world of difference for me. Um, it, it's almost like you've got the casinos and gambling on all of the shit coins. And then you've got Bitcoin that has actually got this opportunity to, to make a real mark in the world and make a difference. And if it fails, it fails. Everything else will fail with it, but it is literally our only chance of having uh, like really sound money. Yeah, awesome. Um, do you see any potential internal or external threats to Bitcoin's success? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so th there's technical issues with Bitcoin as it exists today. Um, it, it's hard to scale. Um, Lightning is amazing, um, but even that is still quite young uh, and early. And we're, we're still learning uh, about uh, with Lightning, but the, the, the people that are developing it are uh, amazing. Um, some of the progress that's being made, it may feel like there's constant wars and battles um, on, on Twitter and stuff, but it's, yeah. Um, my, my biggest fears with Bitcoin, I would say, other than the, the bugs that exist that we know about um, that need to be fixed with a hard fork, um, would be in, say, two or three generations' time, we've lived through fiat currency and we've seen what it can do to the world and the 
the like the Cantillian effect and everything like that, and um, how those in in power and those close to the money supply can um, make the bottom layers pay, um, uh, or the the lowest members of or the poorest members of society uh, get hit the hardest because of fiat currency. Um, we've lived through that, but in two or three generations, if we're on a Bitcoin standard, they're not going to appreciate that. So are they going to be more open to being coerced into moving away um, from the, the core principles? Are they going to make Bitcoin easier to change, uh, easier to censor? Are, are, they, is it, are they going to be able to capture people with narratives uh, and marketing to make changes that we would be vehemently opposed to right now? Uh, so, and then there's the, the other one, which is uh, if, if governments suddenly woke up tomorrow and started implementing good monetary policy, uh, stopped printing money, stopped uh, inflating the, the time and value away from those at the bottom, uh, it would make it much harder, make the argument for Bitcoin much harder to make in the world. So yeah, if governments actually implemented good monetary policy, uh, it would be detrimental to Bitcoin, but I don't see that one actually happening. Um, History has shown us very much that if you give somebody the the controls of the, the money printer, they will do it. Um, so even on a gold standard with coin clipping and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, power corrupts. And... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's awesome. I think I know the answer to this question. Like, I'm pretty much sold on the sound money narrative of, of Bitcoin. And, 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 and again, I'm sort of mission driven a bit like yourself, if I can do my thing to help in the education and, and, you know, Bitcoin has obviously improved my quality of life and, and my future and that I don't worry about everything that's going on in our existing system because I've exposure to this alternative system where my time can't be diluted. Um, so, so I enjoy that, but, but in terms of everything else, let's say crypto, does any of that interest you like DeFi or metaverse or NFTs or anything? It's all just like sort of venture capital stuff to me. I don't understand a lot of it, but is that of interest to you? Uh, it, it, it makes for good sound bites at conferences when I get to shit on it all. Um, because there isn't literally no sound footing for any of it. Um, for example, like DeFi and stuff like that, decentralized finance, which is all generally created by a centralized entity that can turn it off when they realize they've screwed it up, um, which they do do very frequently. Um, the, this decentralized aspect uh, is literally a marketing term now um, for all of it. NFTs is literally the whole blockchain, not Bitcoin narrative from 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, where the suits was running around selling blockchain solutions. Um, the, the marketing, uh, even the, oh, it's just JPEGs for now. Um, in the future, NFTs can be used for this, this, and this. And it is literally a, a cookie cutter um, copy of uh, the, the blockchain, not Bitcoin marketing narratives from back then. Um, it's the whole like metaverse uh, stuff is yeah web 3.0 uh i'd rather skip to web 4.0 where we have mesh nets uh less centralized um if uh, it's all vc marketing 
garbage that's just designed for a quick flip and to dump it on retail investors. Um, the the wash trading that goes on, um, yeah. And uh, all of these systems, basically, they're, they're trying to recreate the existing um, financial services sector with a different set of kings, um, and like especially like proof of stake and things like that. Yeah, let's just let the rich control everything. They know what's best for everybody. They'll never act against everybody else's interests uh, and act in their own self-interest. Uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't... It, it's annoying um, that there's so many people that get distracted by all of this that could be so much further on being educated in real issues in the world uh, instead of like chasing quick gains like a degenerate gambler. Um, so yeah, we, we history rhymes even in Bitcoin um, and in this industry sphere, if you want to call it the, the crypto space. Um, yeah, the uh, same whole different makeup. Okay, uh, and then so you personally are not interested in other alternative digital assets, Bitcoin only. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin is the one that's going to change the world. Uh, everything else would be a distraction sure. from that that aim. Um, the only thing that I would say is that there's potentially in gaming, like what Zebedee are doing with Lightning. Um, it's amazing, like some of the stuff that they've done with like CS:GO, and uh, so if you you can collect in-game currency and then use that across different games by just stacking sats whilst playing games and stuff, uh, and then being able to use that in a different game. Um, that for me has much more utility than um, uh, an outfit that you can wear in one game, but you own the only one of it or one of five. Um, and it's some pseudo like non-fungible uh, token. Uh, yeah. So gaming, there's the space for, for people like Zebedee uh, and what they're doing with it. But specific, all, all the other stuff is literally just noise and gambling if you will. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Why do you think more people don't own Bitcoin? And that's around 13 years. Um, and, and once you learn about it, you pretty much own it. Like once you understand it enough, I think you own it. I think you've just summed it up pretty well there. Um, people don't understand it. Um, it's, it's still pretty complex to wrap your head around the ideas. It's very um, in opposition to what a is already taught uh, a lot and to be fair most people that get exposed to it get exposed to it through sales materials so they go to um, some of the the bigger platforms um like coinbase so they are uh, uh, th these companies have got huge advertising marketing budgets so they get seen and people that's their entry point but as soon as they get through the door they're being fed like misinformation and sales material to oh this is the next coin this is great for this and it's just literally just um education or oh, it's marketing mislabeled as education um like learn about this coin and get x amount of it for it's like okay <laughs> um this is why we aren't ahead of where we're at um, and even then, like people that you speak to, oh, yeah, I own Bitcoin. I only bought some Bitcoin, but I bought it on Revolut. Okay, where do you keep it? On Revolut. Oh, so you don't actually own it then. Yeah, um, Bitcoin, I call that. 
Yeah. Um, or I bought it on PayPal. Where do you keep it? On my PayPal account. Of course. It's like, so you don't actually own Bitcoin. Um, and it's, it is education. Um, but it's going to... Uh, education and misinformation. And I think that's probably the... The vector where Bitcoin because it doesn't have a, a centralized marketing campaign or company um, then, and there is so much money to be made in the casinos uh, like Binance and Coinbase, they make so much money that they can just rinse and repeat. So uh, it, it's very much more of a bottom up grassroots movement and slowly educating more and more people uh, as to, to why, why Bitcoin, as opposed to, uh, this is Bitcoin now. Buy my shit coins. Um, that we we as a company we have to to try and do and deal with. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And I think like my sort of thesis on it was always well, we never got mainstream until maybe twenty twenty one. You know, when it's proper, most of the world who pays attention a little bit to what's happening in finance say realizes Bitcoin's probably not going to go away. And then from that, let's say they begin their study in 2020 or 2021, it's a period of, it's got to be at least a year or more before you, you have a deep enough understanding. And even then you're still just getting through layers and layers. So as you say, I think it's, it's just a time thing. Um, yeah, I, I still don't think we're anywhere near that main, like you, you only have to look at some of the, the things that get said um, by people with large platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're there, was, there was that. Yeah, there In was that. that sense, just the brand is mainstream, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, everybody's heard of, well, most people have heard of Bitcoin. And then when you say that, oh, right, people say, oh, I work for a Bitcoin company, or everybody's like, oh, so can you actually tell me what it is then? Um, and uh, so people have heard of it but they still don't understand it in the slightest. Um, and even, and it, it frustrates the life out of me because there was, uh, what's his name? The, the idiot with the channel, Bit, is it BitBoy Crypto? He was on a conversation, debate with Alex Svetsky um, and basically said, oh, people doesn't understand that you can buy either. He was doing it, like maliciously saying, oh, not everybody can afford 39 grand for a Bitcoin. Uh, and it was like, you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin, um, which is like the most fundamental, um, you, you can buy a fraction of a penny uh, of Bitcoin if, if you actually really want to get down to it, especially on Lightning. Um, but for somebody that has such a, a following and a platform to not understand that, it's either malicious or we are just that early that these idiots have actually got a platform. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, and it's probably getting back to what you said earlier that exchanges make so much money for me. I always scratch my head and I go, why is Bitcoin? Why don't they price it in Satoshi's? Because that's one of the reasons why people will buy. A we do. Because we, 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 we do. Uh, yeah. We're on the SAT standard already. Yeah. Uh, and that's awesome because that gets around that hurdle that I think misguides people who are new to the space, it's like, well, I can't get a Bitcoin because they're 39 grand or whatever they are, but I can get a thousand of these things for a penny. Yeah. And, and, and how I explain that to people is just like, you know, if it's, if, if there's a piece of shit on the floor, 
and someone's giving it to you for cheap, it's still not worth it. It's like, it's what's the value of it, not the price is what matters. Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, uh, we've, we've got a, a young lad that joined our marketing team. Um, he's a young lad. All of his friends are like well into shit coining, gambling on the football uh, every weekend and stuff. And one of his friends um, is basically adamant that like Ripple is going to the $5 or uh, no, $50 by the end of the year or something like that. Um, or 200 pounds, I think. I can't remember. It was either $50 or 200 pounds. I can't remember exactly what he said. Um, and I said to him, you do realize that based upon the actual supply, that would be like four times the actual amount of money in the world or something. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, that's how dumb your friend is. <laughs> they actually believe this um, because, and yeah, there's like this generation. I saw something like on TikTok, uh, Tether's going to $5. It's like, and these people are building a platform and they're getting a whole bunch of engagement. And it's like, you do understand what Tether is, right? It's tethered to a dollar. Um, <laughs> and it, it, how, yeah, frustrating. And it just goes to show that we are so early. Um, and all of these people create a hurdle that people have to navigate this hurdle. Yeah. Um, get wrecked, learn the lessons. Um, get over and get humbled like before they can actually get to, to like the signal out of outside of all the noise. Um, so yeah, it, it is so, so early. Yeah. And I think, which is an opportunity. Don't take it as a bad thing. Yeah, of course. Like, and when, when I talk about the, the, the price of Bitcoin, I'm like, it's irrelevant what the price of Bitcoin is. It's just all the money in the world. And then what portion of that sits inside Bitcoin divide that by 21 million. So it's irrelevant if you think 40 grand is a lot or 400 grand is too expensive or whatever. Bitcoin doesn't care. It's just, it's just a, a, an asset that's of a fixed supply. And it's just what amount of the world's money sits inside it. Um, and then when you look at all the assets that we have available to capture that money well it seems bitcoin is the most favorable place and all the others are bleeding into it and the fundamentals today probably look stronger than they've ever had before with all the sort of all the macro stuff that's going on and even without all that stuff it's still yeah. like is there a better place for your money bitcoin you know, bitcoin could be a million dollars and it could buy you a chicken <laughs> yeah that, that's the, the reality of the situation when you're pricing everything in dollars or pounds. Um, and it, let's not avoid it. We're literally conditioned to that thinking from birth because that's what our society, wherever you live, or if it's euros um, or pounds, dollars, euros, whatever, um, people have to get over that uh, as well. And then we also have to, to remember that not everybody has got investable um, income. A lot of people live paycheck to paycheck, especially during times of like high inflation. Um, and this is why um, people in Brazil, like we've noticed our customers in Brazil get Bitcoin far better than what somebody in the UK does, uh, like fundamentally as to why it is valuable as opposed to the, the speculation uh, and the speculative uh, potential of Bitcoin. Whereas all of the, the other noise in the market to them, yeah, they can gamble on it. Um, 
but the people that need to protect themselves from like 10% a month inflation use Bitcoin for that very reason. Um, and one of the best things that we can do is promote this, like the idea of the circular economy um, where you earn Bitcoin, you spend Bitcoin, um, uh, your suppliers, you pay them in Bitcoin uh, in the entire loop. Uh, eventually, if we can get there, then the, the price becomes irrelevant. Yeah. And do you think, do you think there comes a time when Bitcoin is massively adopted, we'll say? Um, I don't know exactly how mass adoption would look. Uh, if it happened tomorrow, the world would be in a real bad place. We're nowhere near ready. Um, I, I wouldn't want to live in that world, to be honest with you, um, where it happens like overnight. Currencies collapsing is, a, is absolutely horrendous. Um, and so so would be the uh, the collapse of the dollar. Um, I think the dollar's collapsing slower than the, the other currencies in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like a slow transition. Yeah, where... that's, that's my question, I, I suppose. Yeah. I'll try and reframe it. Do you see a world where Bitcoin has, for the last 13 years, been sucking capital into it? Do you see that continuing? And if it continues, yeah. um, you know, it's likely that we it, it does engulf a lot of the world's capital. Do you see that playing out? I, I do, but not all capital is created equal. So I don't subscribe to this. Everything is going to bleed into Bitcoin. Um, I think for a long time, we're going to have uh, both systems are going to coexist. Um, sure, yeah. There's, especially when you consider, um, say, pension funds and things like that, they can only invest in certain assets and asset classes and things. So these, this is all funds that can't just be absorbed by Bitcoin. Sure, some of them might be able to invest by proxy and like microstrategy and things like that, but they can't actually directly swap fiat for the asset, which is real Bitcoin. Um, so we're a long, long way off uh, that ever being a thing, um, but a circular economy, yeah, I can see that existing. Could I see Bitcoin replacing the US dollar as the global reserve currency? Maybe, but it would probably be a very messy world in between. Um, so, and yeah, it remains to be seen. I don't think it will be a, a 5, 10, or even maybe 20. It'll be a 50, 100 year yeah. transition. Yeah. yeah, beyond our journey, unless there's good advances in medicine. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, for for so my sort of thinking is that most of the world as you say doesn't understand bitcoin yet they might have heard of it um but let's say if i'm listening to this and i'm hearing it well why why would i hold bitcoin and let's say what does bitcoin do for me by holding it and should i buy it to sell it or what's my strategy how would you ex sort of explain that to someone um i'm not a financial advisor so, uh, but I, I would never, I've never actually told anybody to actually go and buy Bitcoin. Um, not once in nearly 10 years or whatever. Um, but what I would say is that I store my value in Bitcoin over time because I know the, the rules of the game. 
and I know they're very difficult to change. Whereas if I was storing them in real estate, it can be taken from me. Um, as Roman Abramovich has just found out with Chelsea. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of expensive London properties going on the market as they uh, confiscate them and liquidate them and things um, over the, the coming months. So for me, the, the best thing that I can store my value in is because I understand that those rules are very difficult to change. Um, and it's the best form of private property that we can have. Uh, and then the, the benefit of I can go and move anywhere in the world with my family uh, that is going to treat me better. Um, so if, say, I, I've already done it here in the Isle of Man, as opposed to living in the UK, uh, move to somewhere with a, a more sane government, um, a, a better tax environment, uh, better uh, uh, like lower crime rate, great food, um, nice environment to live, safe place for the kids and the dogs. Um, with Bitcoin, it gives you that ability to up and move and you can go and resettle anywhere um, much, much easier than if you've got properties and all of your other assets that can be frozen or confiscated um, or taxed to, to high hell um, if you need to exit exit them. Um, and Bitcoin's obviously the most liquid as well. So you can get in and out instantly um, to to use it, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love it. You know, I, I sort of describe it as you can have a physical property and it's concreted wherever it is, or you can have the digital property and it does have a lot of the upside where you don't have to paint it every year. You don't have to take phone calls at night when the sink's leaking and you can go and move it wherever it's treated best. If the current place that you're in decide to treat them, treat it unfairly, you can't do that with your physical assets. They're sort of, you know, stuck within that jurisdiction. Um, tell us a little bit about fast Bitcoins. Um, what you guys are doing. I know you were telling me you guys are opening up offices in Dublin soon. Yeah. Um, so we're just waiting for uh, a few bits to fall into place. But we're, because we've got uh, operations in the US and in Australia, um, Ireland makes a lot of sense for us for a, a physical base for the European Union. Uh, we've got some big plans uh, coming. We're launching uh, uh, prepaid debit card so you'll be able to top up using lightning seconds before you spend in a store um, or you can store a, a balance on there um, so you'll be able to to use uh, your bitcoin to coexist uh, and integrate with the um the the legacy economy wherever visa is accepted um so just making bitcoin more usable where um adding access to 11 more countries across uh, South and Central America. Uh, so we'll be providing uh, different payment mechanisms across those regions. Um, we've got a launch in the US uh, across a whole bunch of states. Um, it's, uh, we just want to make Bitcoin more accessible, more usable. Uh, we want to do it in a way that's extremely clear, um, extremely customer focused. So even our customer support team, you can have a video call with them. They'll talk to you, answer your questions. Um, the, we basically want to run towards having a, a more human approach um, to, to what we offer. Uh, and that's definitely something that I've learned over the last couple of years that 
Every, whilst everybody's running away from human interaction, it's clearly vitally important, um, like watching suicide rates go up and stuff and things like that. Um, yeah, human interaction is definitely uh, something that we shouldn't shy away from, uh, especially when it comes to like customer service uh, and things. Um, so that's the, the direction that we're heading in. We, uh, we want to make like HSBC Barclays irrelevant. Um, so we've got products coming along that will help us do that as well. That's deadly. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, that you've mentioned your company moving towards that. Um, and, and that's one of the frictions, like, is that for new people, and I'll consult with people and help them, but a lot of times, like, a Binance is great, but you have a problem with Binance, and you're talking to a robot for three months, and you haven't gotten anywhere, and you have no phone number to ring. Binance isn't great. They're a no, shit point. This, this, this is what I'm saying, though. It sounds great in the beginning, but when you have your problem, and you have no phone number to ring and you're talking to an AI robot, you realize the value of actually being able to work with a company that you can talk to a human or have a human to be able to help you out and help you through your, your issues. Yeah. Uh, that's just something I've noticed and like, like our Revolut, you may, if you're going and buying your fake Bitcoins in Revolut and then something happens, you're chatting to an AI robot for whatever length of time and you're getting nowhere. Um, and I think that was really cool mentioning that your company is moving more towards you know, having the human interaction while the rest of the world or a lot of the world is very much moving away from that and trying to automate everything and, and sort of detach from the, the human connection. Um, Deadly, I've one more question for you, Daniel. I'll be respectful of your time. It's been awesome to chat to you, but just for fun and a bit of speculation, what do you see the price of Bitcoin at in 2030? 2030? You can be bullish or bearish or in the middle, or you can give us <laughs> your two answers. I'll give you three answers. Okay, we got all three. Awesome. Yeah. So it could be less than what it is now. It could be more than what it is now, or it could be the same. What's your gut feeling? <clears throat> we won't hold you to it. Fiat currency is going to continually be devalued. That's my position. And I don't see the rules of Bitcoin being changed in the meantime. Very, very uh, diplomatic. Is that how you describe that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't get into price speculation ever. Um, it could be more, could be less, could be the same. What, what do you think the, the world is going to do? Um, do you think governments are going to stop inflating and debasing their currencies? Um, do you think the, the banks are going to stop creating credit, um, which is where most of the money is created um, in the lending houses? Um, yeah, Bitcoin is probably going to remain on the same path. So make of that what you will. <laughs> there's only 21 million. Well, there's probably, well, there is actually less. Yeah. Um, there is going to be less than 21 million. So, um, so that's bullish. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's even less than 21 million. <laughs> okay. So, slightly bullish prediction from Danny. Uh, awesome. Got, uh, where can the guys connect with you or fastbitcoins.com? Um, fastbitcoins.com, uh, at fastbitcoins on Twitter, Instagram. Pretty sure we've got a Facebook page as well for the people that still exist on Facebook. Um, 
I think there's a TikTok channel as well. Uh, we've got a great guy that runs our social media whose meme game is really strong. The meme um, game is strong. The meme game is strong. <laughs> yeah. And I'm BTC Danny uh, on Twitter. Daddy. So that's, Daddy. That's, that's probably the best way to, to get in touch. That's awesome. Danny, I want to thank you for coming on. It was great to chat to you. Great to get your insights. And um, yeah, it sounds really exciting what's happening with fastbitcoin.com and looking forward to see you guys here having a base in uh, Ireland. Yeah, I'll uh, be over, I'm sure, to get it all sorted. But yeah, looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've been in Ireland. Awesome. Thanks, Danny. No worries.